Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Of course, announced yesterday by the league to that position, he will succeed Gillam McLaughlin after a transition period in October. We'll also talk to Gavin Bell, the footy manager of the West Coast Eagles, get an injury update. That might take all of the 10 minutes of the interview, I think, uh, finding out who's hurt and how badly. Paul Hazelby and Josh Kennedy will unwrap the weekend's games. Not a lot of good news there for the two WA teams and... uh, we want your questions for Andrew Dillon if we can. So send them through on the Temper at Bedshed text line. That's 0487 736 736. Your chance to talk to the new AFL CEO, uh, get him to uh, put across his answers to your questions. So uh, get them in, people, and I'll try and read as many as I can of them out. But right now... Right off the top, we're joined by Andrew Dillon, the man announced yesterday by the AFL as the bloke who will succeed Gillan McLaughlin as the CEO later this year. Andrew, welcome to the show. Uh, morning, Mark, and thanks for having me on. Mate, congratulations on the job. It must have been, uh, given the speculation which went on for a long time that you were the man in the pole position, it must have been a bit of relief, I'd imagine, in the end to uh, um, hear your name was the one. Yeah, look, it was a, it was a, um, it was a big day when, uh, you yeah, know, when I spoke to the, the chairman last week and, and he, um, and he passed that information on. Um, I said it a few times yesterday, but it's, uh, there's an incredible responsibility that comes with the role. Um, and I'm humbled and honoured to have the position and I'm really thankful to the commission, um, for entrusting me with the, with the great privilege because, you know, we know how much footy means to people. Um, and yeah, it's a really important role. So yeah, thank you. So Gill stays until October, and this is a transition period. So how does that work? Do you start to assume some of the roles, or do you keep doing what you are doing and paying more attention to what he's doing so you uh, are more aware of the responsibilities of it when you get your feet under the desk? Yeah, so, so Gil and I have worked together for 20 plus years, so we've got a, a, you know, a good understanding of how, of how to work together. But in terms of my... Yeah, the previous role of the EGM of football and general counsel, we've appointed um, Laura Kane, who's a who's been our general manager of competitions. She's going to take on the role of EGM of football for the rest of the season, while we look for a full time replacement for that role, and we'll be going to market for that one this week. And Stephen Mead, who's been the GM of um, legal, has been elevated to the role of general counsel. Well, that and that allows me, Mark, to be able to then, yeah, work more closely with Gil, but also have a look at. Um, get around and talk to all the stakeholders like our clubs, um, get over to the West Australian Footy Commission and talk to Michael Roberts and Wayne Martin over there um, and get a, and just you know, outline my view for what I want to do in my time at the AFL, but also really listen to the clubs and our community about what they want as well and I can you know, put that into the vision so that when October comes around, I hit the ground running. We've got amazing momentum in the game at the moment with great crowds, um, record membership, lots of people watching on TV, so we want to keep that momentum going and, and Gil and I think that that's the best thing for the organisation to have this transition period over the, over the coming months. 
Gil's a very intelligent, charismatic character. Describe your style. What can we expect from you when you take the chair? Um, I'm probably a little bit more laid back uh, than Gil, um, but I, what I will be doing is um, I just have a real focus on, on our clubs and our community, and I'm going to have the game at the forefront of the decisions that I make. Um, I'm passionate about three of being involved in it my whole life from a, as a player, umpire, coach, volunteer, but also it's been a major part of my professional career, having started off as a lawyer, you know, been at the AFL for 20 plus years. So I think you'll see a, you know, a balanced person who loves the game and I'll be doing the best I can for it. What do you see as the big issues you will face when you take the job, Andrew? There's, there's issues everywhere. I mean, we're dealing with some at the moment. Um, we've got a collective agreement. We've got the Hawthorne matter. We've um, had some you know, great news about Tasmania on the weekend, and, and we're working through that with the commission and the clubs at the moment about a, a great opportunity down there. But as I take, you know, go through and, and look at you know, where do I see the AFL going in five years and where do I want to focus what we're doing, I sort of see about three or four you know, key areas that we need to, where we need to focus. Um, Sydney's a really important market for us, and you know, since since COVID, we probably um, you know we've, we've got to do a bit more in there. So there's real opportunities to invest in um, Sydney, Queensland. We're in a great position, and, and my view is that we can we can become the number one sport in Queensland, and we're going to invest in there so that that happens. Um, the AFLW, you know, seven seasons in, it's going really well, and it's, it's an amazing success story. But want the AFLW to be thriving and profitable, and be you know. Be like the men's competition with heaps of competitive balance and, and you know, um, elite, elite first choice athletes playing. Um, in the men's competition, really want to have a real focus on the game um, and in our footy operations department. Um, make sure that we can keep the game as good as it is at the moment by making sure that we're across and ahead of the clubs in terms of game analytics and analysis. And then finally, um, community footy. Uh, the Commission last year said they'll put 10% of industry revenue into community and, what, and and the outcome of that will be increased investment in community and we're going to have a bespoke plan for every region in Australia because we know all parts of Australia are different. You know, looking at suburbs in Melbourne, it's different in the western suburbs to the eastern suburbs, so we'll have different plans. There'll be a different plan for the suburbs in Perth versus up in the Kimberley and we're going to be doing that. And that's a, So they're really the key focuses for me, Mark. Given that we're going to have a 19th team in Tasmania, it will start speculation almost immediately as to whether there'll be a 20th team and where that will be. Our SEN colleague Paul Hazelby wrote a column in the Sunday Times on the weekend suggesting that the southwest of Western Australia could support a 20th team and that there is enough money in WA to support a third team here, which I, I, I tend to agree with as to whether that fits your needs, I don't know. But what's your view on a 20th licence in the AFL and what, are the, what is the likely location of such a licence? Yeah, I think at the moment, Mark, we've got a thriving 18-team competition. We haven't even got to a 19th licence yet, although um, all the indications are is that it's looking positive. I'm not necessarily, I don't have an issue with an odd number of teams. We've had odd numbers of teams in the competition, but I think history will show, and if you look at your chart, um, the transition of the VFL to the AFL, um, we have grown, and but we've grown in a sustainable and um, responsible manner. So I'm, I don't, 20 license, a 20th licence isn't on the table. We've got to get to 19 first, but um, we'll continue to grow, and that's going to be a, you know, a mantra, and we have to continue to grow. We're going to grow in the northern markets, we won't continue to grow in Western Australia and all through the traditional heartland states as well.
Lisa from Allenbrook has uh, sent in a question, Andrew. The grand final uh, start time at 2.30, as you mentioned last night on 3.60. Um, she also wants to know if you can please scrap umpires having or player, players having to nominate themselves as a ruckman during around the ground stoppages. It's, it makes it feel a bit like school footy, I reckon, when they do that. What do you, what do you say about that? Um, well, the grand final start time, um, I was asked last night for personal preference. Um, I've been lucky enough to go to a number of grand finals. I, I was in Perth um, in, when we had the grand final over there in 21, and it was a twilight one. The year before, we had a night grand final in the Gabba. All the other ones have been during the day. They've all been amazing. Ultimately, it's a decision for the Commission. Um, I'm a tradi- traditionalist when on this one, but I also know that we have to be progressive. But that's um, So ultimately, a decision for the Commission on the grand final time. In relation to the rough nominations, um, Part of my former role, also the game's really important. Um, the reason for that is it's, uh, it actually makes it easier for the umpires to umpire and if we know who the rucks are, otherwise we'll end up with a whole lot of unintended consequences and free kicks. So um, I know it can be a bugbear, but it's an important part of the game and making sure that it's as easy as possible to officiate. Is concussion and the pending legal actions the biggest issue facing footy, do you think, Andrew? They are an issue, but uh, I'll probably start off by saying that health and safety of the players is an absolute priority of all, all of our participants at all levels of the game. Uh, we have been investing and being at the forefront of concussion science um, and medical advice in the whole time that I've been at the AFL and well before that. We've made multiple changes to the rules and our tribunal processes um, to look after the health and safety of the players, and we'll continue to do that um, I, along with Stephen Mead and our Chief Medical Officer, Michael McDesey, appeared before a Senate inquiry in relation to concussion in sport last week. It was a great opportunity for us to um, let the inquiry know about the work, the great work that the AFL is doing. Uh, the Commission have signed off. We've got four full-time staff working on concussion in addition to our Chief Medical Officer. The Commission signed off on a $25 million research project over the next 10 years. Um, on a longitudinal study and on a brain health initiative to make sure that we can continue to be at the forefront of concussion. Our work in the space never stops. Um, and we know there's more we can do and will do, but clearly it's a wider, it's not just an AFL issue, it's an all a sport problem and a community problem. Um, and we need to work with the other sports community and government to make sure that we can continue to make our sports as safe as possible. Question from Tristan from Claremont. Thursday night footy, do you like it? Will we see more of it? I think we'll definitely see more of it in the new broadcast agreement, but what we what we want to do is make sure that we're playing the games in the spots where the fans like it, and I think it's, it's a great TV slot, and I think if we can get the balance right between that and also making sure that we keep our attendance up, because it's really important for people to come and watch the games as well, but I think it's a, it's a really popular spot, and, uh, and it seems to work really well. Roy sends in a text. He congratulates you on your new position, as we all do. He, he wants hot spot on the goalpost, mate. He reckons that there's too much time being wasted on uh, on score reviews and uh, and it changes the atmosphere of the game. What do you say to that? Well, we do have... Um, you have the edge, yep. 
we've got the edge, um, and that seems to work. That works pretty well. But we are always looking at um, different ways to do the score review. Where if we're looking at different things, we're, we're investing um, or investigating chips in the ball, which might you know we wouldn't even need to have the edge or, or a hot spot. So we're looking at ways that we can improve um, the officiating all the time. Um, pretty comfortable where it's at now. It's got a um, uh, a much better strike rate than where we were before we had it. One of Gillen's great legacies, I think, will be the AFLW. How long do you think it will be before we see a, an AFLW which is completely full-time? Look, I wouldn't want to put a, a timeline on it, but I think what we need to do with AFLW, and, and even if we're talking about expanding the men's competition, is just doing it in a um, sustainable manner. We've seen a number of competitions, even in Australia and worldwide, that might expand too quickly. Um, so what, I, what we want to do is make sure that um, we've got a product that the fans want to go to, the fans want to watch. It's a, it's a great on-field product that first-choice female athletes want to play. Um, and so that's the thing that I'm going to focus on, making sure that we're, uh, you know, we're as popular as ever and we've got the best athletes possible playing the game. I think that's the focus for us at the moment. Yeah, I agree completely with that. And the product's in a pretty good place, Andrew. When when you look at the way the game looks and the way that uh, I think Collingwood's leading the way in this, the way the game is played and the spectacle that produces, I think the game is in a good is in a good spot. So you, you guys deserve a, a lot of credit for that. Hey, um, are you ready for the magnitude of the task and the magnitude of the profile and the magnitude of the feedback you're likely to get for the job? Um. Yeah, look, I, I mean, you never know until you're in the hot seat, but I've, I've sat across from Gil for, for a number of years, so I have, um, I've probably got a better idea than anyone else, other than the man himself, what it's like. Um, but as I said at the start, it's, a, it's an absolute privilege and an honour to have a role like this. Um, and if those things are they're seen as sort of downsides to the role, I think the upsides of it and the ability to um, be in a position to influence um, a game and a sport that's so important to so many people. Um, I think the upsides far outweigh any perceived downsides, and um, I'm just really looking forward to um, you know to leading the game and making sure that we can get it can be as, as affordable and as accessible and as welcoming as possible to as, as many Australians as we can. Andrew, congratulations again. Uh, it's a good appointment. I think I think it, it, it looks like a really solid appointment, and I think that's the sort of person you look like you've been at the AFL for 20 years now. Congratulations. We look forward to hearing more from you when you take the chair later this year. Yeah, thanks very much, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us. Andrew Dillon, the CEO-elect of the AFL. Of course, he will succeed Gillan McLaughlin officially at the end of this football season. What do you think of the appointment? If you want to have your say, you can on the temperate bedshed text line. That is 0487 736 736. Or give us a call on the open line. That is 13 12 55. We'll take a break. We'll be back with West Coast footy manager Gavin Bell after the break. Live your own way in the powerful Isuzu 